0: You know, today, just preparing my heart, I uh, honestly just went into just such a reverence. Um, there's so much need in the community, so much need uh, amongst family and the body of Christ right now for hope. And hope is a choice. We have to choose hope. We do have a hope. We do have a choice, and that choice is to stand. So I just want to pray to open us up today. Father, God, we just yield ourselves to you. God, I just yield the words that come forth out of my mouth, God. It would just be like Jesus, that you only say what you hear the Father say. God, I, I surrender to that. I, I yield to your spirit, your instruction. Father, I thank you that you lead us and you guide us, God. I just thank you that there is an awareness of who you are and the light that resides on the inside of us. Father, I, I for today's message, I, I go ahead and, and prophesy that there will be strength that rises up amongst each person in this room today. God, that there would be multiplication and hope God you're not a god of division you're a god of multiplication and if all we have is a few fish and a few loaves of bread God you say that's more than enough so God we don't look at what we have we look at what you have and you have infinitely way more than enough grace for us to prosper and for us to stand. It's not a weak faith. It's not a weak hope. It's a strong hope that overcame death in the grave. So God, we stand in your comfort. We stand in your love. And God, we yield our hearts to you. God, we surrender our lives to you because it didn't even belong to us in the first place. We just give you what already belonged to you, our lives, our motives, our thoughts, our intents, everything, God, because you are a good father and you only want good things for us. So we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Um, So what I wanted to share today is about the power to stand, right? We need the power to stand, and we cannot stand in our own strength, in our own power. How many people can testify you cannot stand in your own strength, in your own power? You You need another source. And it does, that source does not need to be you. That source needs to be the everlasting living God. And if you study in the, in the Word of God, you study history, I'm going to talk about, so how do we stand? How do we come into the power of standing? And you see a lot of times in Scripture, when, when, when standing starts, it starts when we remember. Remember? Over and over and over and over throughout the scripture, God says, remember where I brought you out of Egypt. We have to know where we stand because if we do not know where we stand, we will fail to stand. We have to remember. You know, Jesus, when he's giving communion, he says, do this as often as in remembrance of me. It's not just a, a nice thing to do it's not just a casual thing to do but when we remember Jesus and what he's done for us it uh it is the gasoline it's the fuel of our faith you know people die for the lack of knowledge people are perishing and when we remember we remember who God is and he is faithful he's faithful not because of what's going on out here, but because of what he's done on the cross. It never changes. Our hope is always in him. It says this in Romans 5, 5, that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad abroad in our hearts. You know, hope is not just wishful thinking. Hope is secure in who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Alone. It, it, so our hope is in Him, not not what's going on. Our hope rests in Him. That hope is it's a confident expectation that God is who He says He is, and He's not going to change. He's He's always He's always mercy. He's always love. He's always compassion. That's His heart. You know, right now there is there's a major word you hear a lot it's the word narrative and and there is an a there's a narrative that the enemy is trying to bring right and and the way that you do a narrative is you create stories we have a narrative based upon what Jesus has done for us that is our narrative See, we cannot combat narrative with facts. You can't do it. It doesn't work. The body of Christ, we cannot be trying to oppose the narrative of the enemy with facts or with scripture or with doctrine. The way that we combat narrative in our life is by a life lived, surrendered to the King of kings, to the Lord of lords, our testimony. It's time for us to have the narrative of Christ, of Jesus in our life. That's the only thing that's going to combat the narrative of the enemy, which is division. if If you look at in history, when... It's a, we all know the scripture, for the Lord God is my strength, you know, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, when that, that's Nehemiah 8.10, when that's being brought up, that's when they recalled their history. They had come out, they had been taken out of their homeland, they'd been taken out of Israel. The Babylonians came and took them captive and made them slaves. And they came back to rebuild the walls and it said the the scribe Ezra, he started to read the word of the Lord. And they hadn't heard the word of the Lord in a long time. They forgot where they came from. They forgot where they had been delivered from. We have to remember where we are standing. See, We were standing before Pharaoh. That's where we were standing. We were standing in Adam. We were standing in slavery. But now where we are standing is we are standing in Christ. We are standing in freedom. We are standing in life. We're no longer standing before Pharaoh making bricks and building up a kingdom for darkness. But we've, been, we've come through. The, the Red Sea has been split. That's, that's salvation. That's baptism. Took us out of slavery and brought us into life. We have to remember that we have been set free. For where the liberty of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. His presence is on the inside of us. This is our narrative. This is where we stand. But we have to stand together. We cannot stand alone. There's not strength when we stand alone. It's strength when we stand together. There's a, there, there's a proper progression, though, in standing, and, and the progression is laid out in Ephesians, and in Ephesians, it lays out the proper progression of how we get to standing, because you know, you don't start from standing. You don't understand, you're all seated, you're all seating right now, you're, you're sitting down. So it says in Ephesians 2.6 that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, right? It lays out the accomplishment and the finished work of Jesus and everything that he's done for us on the cross, right? Can y'all see that? Ephesians 4 and 5 talks about how we walk. So first comes sitting, sitting. And then comes us walking, walking worthy of the call, walking in love, being empowered. Because listen, if we're never, we cannot walk until we have sat down. That's a, a place of rest. And then it goes on further. We'll read it. It's a, a, go ahead and read that verse, Ephesians 6. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, say stand, against the wiles of the devil. And let me say, the whole armor of God, it's the finished work of Jesus. It's all it is. Like, we don't have to get too technical. It's what he has accomplished on the cross. We don't take that off and it's interesting put on like like you put it on every day like we don't we don't go out naked before the world we're we're putting on that truth every day put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil so there's that word stand for we do not wrestle listen (laughs) we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we're not battling against flesh and blood, people. Like, if, if, as long as we go and are led into that narrative, we're led into the enemy's trap, it's a snare. There are principalities and powers in this world. If you don't believe it, you need to wake up. (laughs) Because it's true. We are in a spiritual war. But Christ has given us the victory in what he's done. And so we stand in his place. Now listen, you cannot, all those things work in unison. We sit, walk, and stand it's, it's happening collectively. Just like if you're, if you're riding a bike and that chain is moving, all those, the gears and everything is working together. It works all together. It is a progression that we do have to understand as believers so that we can walk in maturity. You know, Paul, he mentions it in 1 Corinthians. He says, I can't even give you meat because you guys are fighting amongst each other. He says, I, I, I want to give you life. I want to give you spiritual truth. But there's dissension and there's division and you're you're fighting and you're grumbling and you're you're complaining and he's saying, I want to give you life. But we have to move past that. And we can't start from standing and then to sitting. I tried that. I've tried that in my life. I've tried to stand without resting. And it doesn't work very well. There was years ago, I was... I was over here, the room was different, and I had had a panic attack. I didn't even know what a panic attack was. I didn't even, I didn't know, I I felt like I was dying. And I was like, oh, I'm going to show the devil. (laughs) I was, was, it was late at night, and I was up here, I was like, and I had been feeling these uh, emotions of stress and all these things leading up to it, and I was like, I'm going to fight the devil. I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going I'm to just confess. I'm going to confess. I'm going to confess. I'm going to confess. And I was shadow boxing the devil. Because I wasn't resting. We have to rest before we can stand. What I needed to be doing is not, I, I didn't need to be doing that. I didn't need to be, confessing scripture, scripture, scripture. What I needed to be doing is resting in his love for me. What I needed to do was rest in everything that he's accomplished. I needed to remember (laughs) where I've been delivered and been translated from darkness into light. I needed to remember. I didn't need to go by just what I was feeling. I needed to remember that there's a deeper truth. And until we rest in that, in his work, in his accomplishment, we'll never be able to walk. We'll never be able to walk in grace. We'll never be able to walk in freedom from sin. We'll, we'll always live in bondage. Your level of peace will reveal your level of rest. If our level of peace is not where it should be, that's an indication. Eh,
1: eh, 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 eh.
0: Your check engine lights on. Don't ignore it. As I've done. Your car starts sparking and fire. It'll keep going. No. Check engine lights on. You need to do something about it. God has given those, given us these check engine lights. He's given us indicators to to go back into him, to, to rest into him. It's the source of all power. It's the source of all life. That's the resurrection power it talks about in Ephesians. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is given to us who believe. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to see The hope of our calling, the inheritance that's been given to us, and the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the power that we stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the power that we reside in. That's the power that's available to us. It's it's an invitation, but we have to rest. We have to rest. So I want to talk about standing and striving and jump into Philippians 1.27. And I'm going to read through a bunch of, um, yeah, go to uh, Philippians, yeah. So I'm going to walk us through Philippians uh, to chapter 2 through verse 13. And the reason I bring this in is because we have to know the kind of mind that we're supposed to have to be able to stand. So only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whatever I come and see, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and just to give a little bit of context of Philippians, Paul is in prison. Paul is facing every kind of adversity, persecution. um, But he's, if you read Philippians, it's amazing. It's just an amazing book. And what's... What's uniquely interesting about Philippians is it's, it's more about experiencing Christ than anything else. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. The, the whole context of the book, it doesn't lay out, although there is doctrine, it's mostly about this life of Christ being a reality and being a source of power in our life like we can read things you know line po- upon line but listen I don't want it just to be language I don't I don't want to just be able uh, to speak a language but I want what's coming out of the abundance of my heart to be a reality in my life you know what I mean like I don't want to just talk the talk man I want I want to be saturated with Jesus. Completely filled that there's no room for anything else. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I am absent. That's a good principle. Whether people are around you or not, live your life for Jesus. Don't live it before people. Live it before the one. I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast. You're not moved, you're not shaken, you're not intimidated, you're firm, you're fixed, you're not going anywhere. No retreat. In one spirit, with one mind. Now he's talking to believers. This is our call. With one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. It's the unity within the body of Christ that we have his same heart, his same mind, his same motives, that we come together collectively with one heart. You know, it's it's actually pretty easy to be able to stand in one spirit. But when we're talking about striving, striving together in one mind, that's talking about the soul, that's about our emotions, our will, our intent. That's what we're striving together. We're, we're stri- that's, that's like where the rubber meets the road for us to be in unity, is to be in that same heartbeat. Philippians, the next one. In not any way terrified, again, not intimidated, not shaken by your adversaries. Remember, we don't battle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, which is to them a proof of perdition, meaning destruction, but to you of salvation and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Verse 30. Having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. So Paul is in a position To where he needs to stand can we all agree he's in conflict there is conflict and he is in a position where he's making a choice to stand right therefore so this is going to talk about the mind that we need to have to stand therefore if there is any consolation in christ this is a rhetorical question is there any consolation in christ people Is there any comfort of love? Any fellowship of the Spirit? Any affection and mercy? Lift up our voice and say, yes, there is. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself listen we cannot do that in ourselves impossible impossible it's just like 1 corinthians 13 the whole chapter of god's love we can't love others in our own strength in our own power We have to yield our lives and surrender our agendas and our motives to him. Then, (laughs) this is a work of grace. This isn't a work of, oh, I've heard it, now I can do it. This is a work of being saturated with Christ so that out of the overflow and the abundance of your heart, you do this. You do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, we esteem others better than than ourselves. You know, I heard it C.S. Lewis said about humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. A lot of times when we think about uh, releasing self, we think of, sometimes I think in the mind, we think it's going to be self degrading. But it's not. It's it's a freedom. And as we're going to find out, Christ, Jesus, had this same mind as a man. Full of the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. This is unity, people. This is unity, family. This is us looking out for each other. Right? Right? Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. And you know, this word, this word let this mind, it's interesting. The actual Greek word is to think this in you, as if it's already available to you. It's not something that you, we intellectually come to it's think this in you believers this mindset is in you as a child of god from the holy spirit talking about jesus who being in the form of god did not consider it robbery to be equal with god but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men you can stop there for a second you know what this is talking about? Him not counting himself to be equal with God, to be robbery. Jesus is one moment sitting at the right hand of God. And then the next moment, he's in the womb of Mary. Think about it. Like Jesus wasn't created in that moment. Jesus was from the very beginning. Jesus is God. God. And all, I mean, it's amazing. Jesus, he leaves the right hand of the father to become a baby. It's crazy. Seriously, it's crazy. This is the type of mind that he had. Absolutely selfless. And to, to become a baby, it's not like, oh, he's, he's like baby Jesus and like, can walk on water and do all these things, he's a baby. And he made himself of no reputation. He didn't go around gloating about who he was. I mean, he was under the radar. It says that people, it says in, John, in the first chapter of John, that people didn't even recognize him. That God Almighty walked among us and people didn't see It's crazy. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death and even the death of the cross. Like he laid it all down. Uh, You know, I was thinking about this mind being you, Jesus is esteeming the criminal that he's being crucified with on his left and on his right. Think about it. He's, and he's praying for the ones who are persecuting them, persecuting him. Father, not let this sin be held upon their account. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's esteeming and elevating the people killing him. Incredible. We have to have this mind to stand. This has to be our mind to stand. We have to walk in his humility. As we walk in his humility... We are saturated with His truth and His love in our life. Verse (laughs) 9. Therefore God also has highly... This is why He's exalted, people. (laughs) This is why Jesus is lifted up. This is why Jesus is honored, adored, and worshiped. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth everybody listen everybody every demon every every person who's uh passed away everybody everybody that's ever existed, every angel every created thing, and one day will bow their knee, not in submission, but in awe, in reverence of who he is. Verse 11, that at every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is not working your way to heaven or else this would be contradictory of all the word of God. Working out your salvation is working out this mind that has been gifted to the believer. And when we hear about what he did for us, that's why we're trembling with fear and reverence and awe and adoration and exaltation. That's why we work it out. Next verse, good news. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So he says, let's work it out. (laughs) But he's saying, you don't have to do it in your own strength. For it is God who works in you, both to will, your will, your desire, your emotion. If you just believe this, God will transform your desires. You were born to be absolutely in unity with the Father forever that's where we stand we don't ever stand apart from him we always stand within him you know Galatians 2 20 sums up these verses about the mind that Christ had that I am crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but it's Christ who lives in me This word live, it's it's an expression of my soul, an expression of my desires, the expression of my motives and my intent and my, my thoughts, everything. For the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me and died for me. And if you read the next verse, it says, do not frustrate the grace of God. If we don't, Lord, open up our eyes, give us revelation to see what you've done for us. That it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who, Who lives in me? The power to stand in this life is living a crucified life. Period. We remember where we're standing, standing in Him. And then we just look at Him and we adore Him and we exalt Him. We give Him everything. He's our Father. We're His children. If we only knew. It says in Proverbs 2, cry out, lift up your voice for wisdom. It talks about in Proverbs 1 that wisdom goes about in the busy places, in Times Square, crying out. Listen, my words, wisdom is here. Wisdom is available. And it's crying out and people walk by every day. Man. Go ahead and ask the Chris and Adam to come up. You know what, I am incredibly encouraged regardless of what's going on because I believe that we, there's going to be a unity among the body of Christ like we've never seen before. Family rising up. That we don't battle against flesh and blood. Listen, we're a family, but we're also an army. We're both. And we don't fight with our own weapons of warfare. We fight with His, in His victory, we stand. We put the offense of loving people, of esteeming others higher than ourselves. So that whether we're being crucified or not, we can look to our left and look to our right. And we can steam the one next to us on either side of us. Because when we stand in that place, when we stand in the crucified life, the grace that has been given for Him through His work to be done in us and His will and His good pleasure for us to experience everything that belongs to heaven. <laughs> All of heaven All the angels are rejoicing. (laughs) Let us come into their song. Let them come into their reality and truth that what's true of of that realm, of that place has been placed on the inside of us. Heaven's not far away. The kingdom's not far away. The kingdom is within And when we surrender, it's just like a seed. A seed dies. Jesus was a seed that was cast. And then it grew up. And look at the fruit that it's bearing. One man. Listen, it won't, doesn't take... We can't, we can't have to believe it takes a few. It's like the story of Gideon. He took away 30,000 to defeat a massive army of the enemy and brought it down to 300. It only takes a few of us to make a decision, to make a choice. We're going to stand. Listen, go ahead and stand. So Father, we just thank You. God, we look at You. Father, we thank you that your grace is empowering us to experience everything that you provided through your finished work. God, that when we said yes to you, we made you Lord. God, we were buried with you, we died with you, and we have been raised into newness of life. God, it's a fact, it's not based upon emotion, it's not based upon feeling, we believe, we stand firm, we stand fixed, and we're not moving, we're not backing down, and we're going to encourage one another to keep on standing. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Father, I just declare freedom in this room. Father, I thank you for your sweet presence. God, I thank you for your your manifest love. Come into every heart right now and break, absolutely annihilate shame, guilt, and condemnation. God, thank you that you took our pain, you took our sorrows on the cross. So that we could walk in the exchange life that you offer. Oil of gladness. God, anointed with your presence, anointed with your spirit. Thank you, Father. So I just want you to lift up your hands and make a decision right now. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice, we rejoice, we rejoice. We stand as one body, unified, not divided, but strong in numbers together. We're not letting go. We're letting go, everything that doesn't belong. And we're receiving your kingdom. We're receiving your life. We're receiving your unity. And God, we will stand strong and we will make the biggest impact that this earth has ever seen. Because we stand united and the world will believe. The world will believe when they see us standing arm in arm and hand in hand. God, we thank you for the privilege to do this. It's a privilege and it's an honor. It's not an obligation, it's not a duty. It's not a it's none of that stuff. It's a privilege as the sons and daughters of the king to represent you as ambassadors of reconciliation that you make all things new, that you bring things that are dead to life. God, you are a restorer, God, you are a redeemer. God, you purchased those things that were lost with your own precious blood. And God, we value who your son is. God, we esteem him. We don't have our own value. We have your value, your esteem. God, we lift you high. We exalt you. We don't care what we look like. God, we're going to be a fool for you. I don't care what the world looks like. It's time for us to not worry about being a fool. God, we're going to stand. It's not some flaky thing. It's Jesus' thing. We're going to be saturated with Him. We're going to live with Him. We're going to have strength in Him. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry if I scared you. We love you, Lord. Thank you,
1: Jesus.